It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Seven minutes after the hour, we are back on Lawn and Garden News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Thanks so much for tuning in. One more hour of the show to go. Ashley Frasca in for Walter Reeves. You hear me fill in a lot for Walt. Well, not even a lot, really. Walter does not take much time off, but I'm always happy when I have the opportunity. But Monday through Friday, part of triple team traffic in the mornings to get you to work. And then the rest of the team gets you home from work in the afternoons. And the best traffic advice I can offer you right now, you've been listening to Jill Nelson all morning saying stay away from I-75 in Cobb (laughs) County and even off the air just now Mickey and her husband Stan and I talking about the best ways to get to Marietta for them this afternoon but really I-75 in Cobb is just a mess with the paving it's taking out three right lanes in both directions some of the exits are closed so your best bet is either Cobb Parkway or at Georgia 400 thankfully I'm not going home that way today (laughs) headed straight up I-85 to 316 to where else Athens to uh, cheer on the dogs. They're taking on the Vols, which is my husband's team. (laughs) That's another story. Feel kind of sorry for him today. But nevertheless, it's going to be fun. So with that being said, UGA, the football tailgate show, that begins on WSB at 11.30, four hours prior to that 3.30 kickoff in Sanford Stadium. So that affects our programming just a little bit. Dave Baker's show is cut short by about half an hour. And then Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, that is going to be tomorrow, 1 to 3. And also want to mention, you can pick up your Sunday copy of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution later today, of course, in the morning. AJC coupons are valued at $577 in savings in uh, the Sunday paper. And there's also a puzzle book. And of course, Braves coverage. The closer and closer we get to the postseason, the NL East champion, Atlanta Braves. So that's always fun to follow. Stay tuned here all day to News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Back out to the phones we go. Mark Banta from Piedmont Park, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery and I doing our best to answer all your lawn and garden questions. Down to Milledgeville, good morning, Jan. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Great. How can we help you with your lilies? What's going on? Well, we we uh, grew stargazer lilies at our mailbox this summer, and they were very beautiful. They're, they were quite tall as far as the, the actual plants. And so now it's, you know, of course, they're finished blooming, and they're starting to get a little yellow, But and, and I had read that you can cut them back. But my husband said, ooh, should we do that too soon? Because I, he also heard that that can damage their ability to come back next summer. So that's my question. Is it too soon to cut back stargazer lilies? They're starting to get yellow, and, and they, you know, as I said, they I- look pretty crappy right now I, I, yeah i think you said they look kind of crappy you know that's uh, to me that's that's the thing is is when they get when the uh when the crappiness award outweighs uh, the functionality of, of putting some food back so the answer is is that yes they're doing both things as long as the leaves are photosynthesizing say that fast on a saturday morning as long as they're doing that you you know there is a benefit to leaving that foliage on but there's a tipping point at which they start looking pretty crummy and then that's when you want to go ahead and and cut them back uh, to balance out the photosynthesis 
uh, desire with the aesthetics of it. So it's uh, just keep an eye on it. You guys arm wrestle over it, and when it's <laughs> <laughs> and I already know who's right. You're obviously right, and he's wrong. But um, yeah, it's it, it, at that point where you just say, you know, what they really don't look that good. They're not doing that that much more food storage. Let's go ahead and cut them back. And then once that's over, there is nothing beyond. Once that process is over, there's nothing damaging to cutting back that yellowing uh, or browning foliage. How back? How far back would you cut them? Uh, you just okay. cut. You just cut it off. Yeah. Oh, just right, the, like to uh, yeah, twelve inches yeah. or something small. All the way back. Yeah, all the way back to the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there doesn't need to be anything left. Well, like like huh? Mark said, once the leaves have served their purpose of the photosynthesis and all that, just cut them all the way back. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jan. Have a great morning. Good luck. I hope you win the arm wrestler. (laughs) You know, most marital fights are over money and chores, but gardening is right up there. That's top three. I mean, we have more couples, and usually it's the husband, and he will call and humble himself and be like, you got to settle this, Walter, once and for all. And I mean, Walter's so diplomatic about how he The answer is yes, dear. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's what you want to do today? Yes, dear. Honey-do list, right? Yeah. So, um talking about uh, lilies too that makes me think of bulbs so what should people be doing with bulbs right now we i did a class on bulbs yesterday um it, it we're getting close it's usually most most of the bulbs need to be planted october sometime um and later uh but this is the time to get the bulbs now and then get them in the you don't want to put them in too early here in the south mm-hmm. most of the bulbs need to be put in a little bit later mid-october is is usually a good time and is that a good time to move things too um it depends on what it is yeah if it's something that's like people were talking about a lot last week and the week before splitting irises and things yeah yeah that's when we do those it's in uh late summer and into the fall is Mm -hmm. when we split the iris and hostas and things like that i think they're easier to do in the fall than in the spring as well because you can you can tell where they are but they haven't already started putting up sometimes if you wait till spring to do it they get too far advanced and then you cut them off and they look they don't look good for a while yeah i agree i I mean now there's enough wilted leaves where i can still tell the the size of the hosta and be able to split it and move it so all right 404-872-0750 we talked to scott in farmington georgia scott where is that uh about 15 miles south of athens good to know i've never heard of that all right well i learned uh, something yeah Yeah. thanks for calling how can we help you I would like to put a pecan tree, pecan, pecan tree <laughs> in. Um, I have a bunch of wild ones, but I would like to get some that I can eat. Um, and what are good? What's a good variety for this area? I would love for you. You've got the University of Georgia right there, and the Cooperative Extension Service has got some wonderful online publications about fruit and nut trees and. You know, there's all the old standbys. You, you, uh, if you're going to plant pecans, you need to decide uh, if you have a favorite pecan that you like. Uh, the good news is you're coming up on the planting season for those, and I don't know where you're going to get your trees uh, and how big you're going to get them. Uh, but the this this winter is the perfect time to plant those. And Pike does have we have some good pecan trees, and I can't remember what varieties we've got now. Have you got Stewart? Uh, oh, we've got Stewart. I know we usually carry that one. Then that's the only one I can think shell. of. Paper shell. There's usually the paper shells are harder to grow and than the, and they're harder to find too. Yeah, they're harder to find. They're harder to grow than some of the others. So the Stewart 
Um, if you can find that one, that's that's been an old favorite. That that's one's been easy. around forever. That one is easy to find. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I would do that, and then you know, just uh, I think you're smart to to have some. You called them wild, but you know, some some naturalized trees, and yeah. then add to them. You know, the big thing too is spacing. Sometimes when you're planting those itty bitty boogers, yeah. you feel like you're gonna you, they're too far apart. But you got to think of that. You got to visualize that tree when it's full size and mature, and it got this giant crown on the top of it. And so get them far apart it will feel ridiculously how far apart you'll be planting yeah. if you're planting yeah. the proper but remember you know i don't i don't know how old you are but <laughs> um you know these things take a while to grow in and while yeah, to get I will big not enough be so, around yeah okay. so we're planning them for our future uh, you know for our relatives and our kids and our grandkids uh, but definitely, that that's the one mistake. When I used to be a county agent, that's the one mistake I'd see people make with free, uh, fruit and uh, nut trees is planting them too close together. And then when they're about to the point where they sh- really should be thriving and doing well, then they're crowded. And then you're making a choice, gosh, I've invested all this time and money. I've got to take one of these out. And that's very painful. So yeah. so don't make that mistake. Okay. All right. Thank you. Enjoy. Best of Thank luck. you, Scott. Yeah. Bye-bye. So uh, not only with the uh, UGA County Extension publications and things that Mark mentioned, but also going to Walter's website, WalterReeves.com. Type in pecan tree. It's the second or third article. How to choose them, planting, maintenance. So I mean, you're getting in three or four years from when you plant to you know how to maintain it and pruning it all and fer- fertilizing. So. I think that's pretty good. Uh, and you can always pick knowledge. out the pecan trees in the nursery because they have these long pots. They're, the pots are much taller mm-hmm. than any of the other pots. So if nobody's in the nursery and you need something, you need to see if you, they have any, then that's what you look for, these long, tall pots. Why is that? I don't know. That's just, the I guess the root's that's longer. The, I don't know. Root, I guess the root grows root the, structure. initially. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ashley. And I, you know, I know Walter's got that wonderful mm-hmm. website and I look at too. I'm... I don't know if people know this. I've known Walter for 35 years. <laughs> wow. We start we started as county agents together in DeKalb County. So uh, when when people go to look at Walter's information, it's science UGA yeah. based, and so he he never. I'm, I'm sure he always gives credit to where all credits due, and he's become just a master at what he does. But I really like the fact that he he makes his information research based out of the university and other university systems where they've done that research and aren't just trying to sell something yeah i mean he links to even like you know depending on the plant or whatever like i've clicked through on his site to a link to the university of minnesota researcher i mean just from all over so totally totally research based there and just the wealth of i mean thousands and thousands of articles that he has written and all you have to do is type in one plant name yes, or bug name Reeves. or something. And, I mean, there's at least 10 articles yeah. about that one topic that you're searching for. So uh, Walter is a good wealth of information. And he had a book years ago, too, about mm-hmm. uh, fruit and, and vegetable trees and that kind of thing that he put out. Um, it's a good book. I should probably know the name of that. The Georgia Fruit right. and Vegetable Book. There you go. Simple name. There you go. So mom's got His that on the coffee table. His ears should be all burning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's probably listening he right prob- now. I'm sure. Hey, Walter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we haven't gotten a text from him yet. So coming up on 818 on WSB, Samantha and Canton, when to prune plum trees. So we're kind of staying in that vein. Sharon and Marietta, questions about knockout roses. Oh, I hope that's not what I think it is. 
Uh oh. Well, we'll find out when we talk to Sharon. And Ramona in Snellville wants to plant something in the garden this time of year with color and something that smells good. So, uh, Ramona, you have a pen and paper handy because our experts will rattle off some ideas for you. Stay tuned. You're listening to News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I'm Ashley Frasca. In for Walter Reeves on Lawn and Garden. We'll be right back. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. 823 and 69 degrees here on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. A quick look at the weather for today and tomorrow that brought to you by Ackerman Security Systems. A high of 85 and a low of 67. A very nice day today with a mix of sun and clouds. Tomorrow, a 30% chance of a stray afternoon thunder shower or just shower possible. A high of 82 and lows in the upper 60s. So we'll be back with a complete look at the weather forecast in less than 10 minutes on WSB. Ashley Frasca, Mark Banta from Piedmont Park, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery, answering your lawn and garden calls, 404-872-0750. Sharon and Marietta, I didn't mean to scare you a few minutes ago, but tell us what's going on with your knockout roses. <laughs> morning. Thank you so much for answering this question. I am a little scared because two years ago I bought six or seven knockout roses in a really unusual color I thought. It's called white out. Oh. I got them at Pike. Yep. Um, they're so pretty right in front of uh, my red brick. So the first year they were stunning and then last year I noticed that one of them had uh, grown up like a big wad of really dense uh, rosebuds that never really bloom, fully bloomed, and it was just like this dense wad of foliage and flowers and really long thorns. Mm-hmm. So I cut it off, threw it away, and then this year they're all covered with those. I don't even know what to call them except That's, like a big ball yeah. of ugly um, gnarled. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were afraid That's of. That's what we were afraid of. That sounds like <laughs> it sounds like rose rosette. And that's the perfect, perfect description of it. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it except to get it out of there. Get out because it spread. It's spread by mites. And um, you need to get it out, put it in a plastic bag, and take it out of there. And there's, you can't you can't just cut off the You can't cut them cord. off. No, you've got to get the whole bush out of there. And if you've got any roses anywhere around, you need to at least spray them with a miticide. Hopefully, you'll keep the mites off of those. Well, actually, I have, um, I had this very well-established drift roses, a little bitty mm-hmm. uh, ground cover in a different part of my yard, and now they seem to have it as well. I was hoping I was just seeing things, because they're very small anyway, Yeah. And uh, but I, I bet you that's what has happened. Well, it's actually, it's vectored by mites, and so they can go from one to the other, and so you need to... Get out anything you see. You need to get it out of there and put it. Don't don't drag it through. Don't put it on the compost pile. Just get it out of there. And um, oh, it's just so important that you. I'm so sorry. It's yeah. a nightmare. There were some out 
front of WSB mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that had it. So yeah, it's, Rose it's Rosette. I mean, it's not even. You know, it's not like, oh, there's holes in the leaves no. or something's Mm-mm. eating it. It's nothing like that. But the thorns definitely become more pronounced and almost like a broom-like, gnarly, yeah. you know, curl under kind of happens at the tips of the limbs and Real things. And red. it just becomes, yeah, a really bad color that, you know, just isn't right. So, Sharon, I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is that is the bad news there. So to prevent that, like you said, get a, get ahead of mite treatment, right? Yeah, that helps um I, you know, and I'm I'm concerned about how big a problem that'll be. We we have some things that pop up like these mm-hmm. that it, you know is like fetinia and and yes, and, I remember that. Yeah, and it, I don't know that it'll get that bad, but definitely it's it's got the potential. The more of something that. that you plant, you know, yeah. and the the more likely you are to for sure. It, so. so unfortunate <clears throat> news, but sanitation and getting it all the way yeah. out of there's the key. Yeah. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. So we will be back with more lawn and garden calls here in just a minute. Stay tuned. You can also uh, go on Twitter, tweet us a garden question. Use the hashtag AskWalter, which we do have a couple of those in the hopper, guys. So don't let me forget. And we'll tell you what is this weekend's Pike Pick. All that and more. Stay tuned. Ashley Frasca for Walter Reeves on Lawn and Garden. You're listening to WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And welcome back to Lawn and Garden here on WSB. Obviously, as you have figured out by now, I am not Walter Reeves. Ashley Frasca from the traffic team and WSB Radio Channel 2 filling in for Walter. Very thankful for this opportunity. He'll be back next Saturday. He'll actually be at the new Pike Nursery location broadcasting live from Milton. And who else? We'll be alongside him, but Mickey Gasway. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be fun for you guys to visit the Johns Creek, North Fulton, Alfreda area and, and see those folks in Milton. And so speaking of Pike Nursery, a really fun day today. And we've also kind of wrapped it up into this week's end, weekend's uh, Pike's Pick as well. What's going on? It's grilling in the garden. We hit 20% off most everything. Um, uh, hot dogs from 11 to 2 on the grill. Um and the designers will be there to share their knowledge with people. If you've got a question or something, bring a picture, and they'll be glad to help you. Really a fun day at Pike. And like Mickey was talking earlier in the show, she posted pictures on her Facebook page of just how colorful Beautiful. and appealing the store is right now. Fall is my favorite huh. time of year. I mean, I know spring, there's a lot of stuff blooming, mm-hmm. and everything's colorful, too. But with the... The contrast with the mums and the pumpkins and the pansies and stuff. I mean, and it's so easy. So Fall is such an easy time. Yeah, as well. So, so if you've really like been putting that off, today is a good day to sure. go and get twenty percent off all the things you want to put in in the landscape. And you know, coming up on uh, fall being you know the best time to move and and plant new trees and shrubs and things like that so get everything you need from Pike Nursery today. No code necessary or anything like that. No, just show up. Perfect. And the next Saturday, you want to be at uh, the Milton location for Pike Nursery to see Mickey and Walter live. I'll try to pop by, too. And Mark Banta, the CEO of Piedmont Park Conservancy, here with us this yes, morning. We hi. appreciate it. So we talked a little bit about the farmer's market that goes on at the park and also another event that's really cool. One of my <laughs> absolute favorite, just to get to say it even, Splish, <laughs> Splish Splash Doggy Bash. Uh, Coming up a week from today, both Saturday and Sunday, the 6th and 7th, and if anybody has ever been to this 
resort quality, beautiful par, uh, pool in Piedmont Park, they can't even imagine the dogs taking it over. But at the end of the season, the swimming pool season's over, and we turn it over to the dogs. It literally goes oh, to so the dogs. Cute. So people register online at PiedmontPark.org. And um, the sessions, there's three sessions each day. They start at 11, and uh, the last one ends at 3. So it's it's throughout the warm part of the day. The dogs don't mind it anyhow. And you will see the most heartwarming, uh, fun things that you'll ever see because dogs already just have a blast with each other. You add a swimming pool in oh, there yeah. and yeah. all the little toys and so forth. And so I would really encourage people if they have a dog and want to do that to come visit our website and check that out. And even if they want to just come and observe this year and see what it's like to see if they want to bring their dog next year, that's fun as well. We have a nice viewing deck up on the top where you can see down and watch all the shenanigans. And it's just a great time. How fun. And you know what would be cool? Not that I'm trying to spend y'all's money, but please, getting, <laughs> yeah, right, but getting an underwater camera. We do. We've got bro The cool oh. angles of the, all the oh, yeah. feet and legs oh, swimming yeah. through the water. Just go just go to uh, YouTube and, and, and Google Splish Splash Doggy Bash and you'll see GoPro videos. Oh, People wow. put shark fins on the dogs. You know, oh, My sure. favorite story is a bulldog that doesn't know how to swim, so he just walks on the bottom till he can't breathe anymore and then somebody picks him up and gets a breath and <laughs> oh, he, he goes back down to the bottom and walks some really? more. Oh yeah, he can't swim for nothing. That's incredible. And oh, they know instinctively to hold their breath? Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. You'll, oh my gosh. It's yeah. not for the dog. <laughs> oh no, he loves it. <laughs> he seems he seems relaxed. He walks in. Okay. He walks he in walks and does in it. Himself? Yeah, they don't throw. Oh yeah, he walks oh, in and wow. does it. Wow, that yeah. is neat. That's so that cute. is definitely something worth <laughs> checking out. So piedmontpark.org to register for that. I think John Shadow and I may be on the sidelines this year. We'll kind of let her let her uh Indicate to us whether or not she's interested. A great Dane. So far, she hasn't really proven to like water as much as like yeah. a lab or a retriever or something might. So Pike's pick this uh, this weekend, grilling in the garden, 20% off today. Splish Splash Doggy Bash. That is fun to say. Yeah. That's next is. weekend, October 6th and 7th, and Walter's broadcast of the Lawn and Garden Show next Saturday, October 6th, too. 404-872-0750. <laughs> Let's make sure I... Punch up the right call here. Ramona in Snellville, thank you for being so patient today. How can we help you? Hi. Um, well, I really had two questions. Once about my lavender. I just got them earlier this year and planted them, and they never really bloomed. And I talked to Walter about it and changed out the soil and put in perlite. And they're still not blooming. Is it still too early for them to bloom, or should I just be patient on what? They should be blooming now. Are they in full sun? Yeah, they are. I have back problems, so I have to use pots, but I did exactly what Walter said. You may just have to give them a little bit longer. That's the only thing I could suggest. Okay, and the other one, um, I want to know what um, fragrant, colorful plant I could purchase. I think if I were you, I would certainly want a tea olive. Um, that's a great one uh, for fall if you want something that's blooming in the fall. Tea olives are great. Now, that's going to have to go in the ground because they're too big to put in a pot. But it has a great fragrance. And then a little bit later on in, in a pot, you could do um, um, 
Daphne, Daphne Odora. That's a wonderful, and it actually does better in pots than it does in the ground. And those are two of the best fragrances in the whole world. What do you think about some of the smaller gardenia, too, maybe? I was thinking later for fall, that's what it sounded like. I don't know. Oh, yeah, gardenias are wonderful. Yeah. But they're not going to be blooming much longer. Well, since I have back problems, what about some snapdragons? Well, I love snapdragons, but I don't. They don't have they don't much really fragrance, smell. but they're pretty. They're pretty, but I don't, they, they'll look good, but they're not going to have any fragrance. Okay. Well, um, I was recording that, so um, I'll <laughs> um, do my best to, you know, get the other ones and yeah. see how I can do those. Good luck Enjoy. with it all. Yep. Especially the Daphne. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I love how that do you one. Spell that? D-A-P-H-N-E. It's evergreen. It's beautiful. It bloom, starts blooming um, in the wintertime, usually, and it will bloom and bloom. So if you have tea olive, Daphne, and then gardenias in the spring, you're going to have you're gonna have fragrance year-round. How big will a Daphne get in a pot? Um, usually about three feet, not much bigger than that. Okay. Maybe a little bit bigger, but That's not manageable. much. They're wonderful. All right, up to Cherokee County near where I am. We talked to Samantha. Hi, good morning, Samantha. Good morning. How are y'all? Great. How can we help you? Um, So we have two plum trees in my front yard, and I'm not a gardener. I bought them at Kroger. I (laughs) I really didn't expect anything out of them. Um, They are about three or four years old now, and they have gone insane i can't pick the fruit off fast enough um they're just everywhere and it's gotten to the point where they grew so fast and so much that now i have to like move branches out of the way just to mow my lawn underneath them so um and god oh so pruning really when to yes yes my husband thinks that if i cut the bottom branches off of these trees that they're gonna die and and so he told me that i had to call walter reeves before i did (laughs) Uh anything so accidental success with a fruit tree i love that that's great what's your what's your advice yeah she you are once again the woman is right and you're (laughs) absolutely right they you're uh, your husband, uh, tell him that it will not kill the tree to prune it. Now, what I'd like to see you do is wait until the leaves fall off the tree to do this pruning. Uh, and you could even wait until January or February to do this. But any limbs that are that are too low, you can you can begin to branch that tree up so that the mower can clear without poking the eyes and hitting you in the head. And uh, you can also look for the branches where they're crossing overs. Uh, and rubbing each other, and you can selectively do it. There are some wonderful, on both Walter's website and then on the UGA sites, there are these beautiful line diagrams that show you how to prune plants and the different forms that you can do. Uh, But do that, and just you've got a little more time to wait, and it will not hurt the tree to prune it back. In fact, uh, fruit trees, uh, I won't enjoy isn't quite the right word, but benefit from proper pruning. So you're on the right track. Once again, the husband's wrong, the wife's right. <laughs> right. So you you just stick with that, and maybe you recorded this too, and can and, and could show him later that that once again look, you were right. Look so. at what that expert on lawn yeah. and garden said. Exactly. Now Samantha didn't really. I mean, this isn't a problem. I guess it's a good problem to have. But she said that the production of the plums was so much so is that something you need to thin out like you do peach trees and things or not really 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know because I didn't pick up on how old I thought the tree was. Fairly but new, yeah, fairly yeah. young, three or four years. Yeah, and again, we were talking earlier, I don't even remember what the plant was, but these cycles that plants go through where you have this young vigor and then they go through this kind of teenager type phase where they're growing up, but they might not flower and, uh, and, and produce fruit. So that's a reality that that could happen. Okay. Uh, but I think the, the, the basic question about pruning them to train them uh, not hitting stuff with the lawnmower and that kind of thing is is great and I do a little more research so you can get a visual of what that's supposed to look like when it's done right. yeah those UGA publications I mean they do have really good diagrams of intersecting branches and things like that how to cut that so you'll be able to find that online and even go to WalterReeves.com out to West Cobb County good morning Tom how are you good morning hey uh, how can we help you with uh, weed control what's going on <laughs> Well, i got a yard question. So I've been in my house about 15 years. My house sits on a slope. Uh, so when you come off of the street under my driveway, it probably drops at least 50 or 60 feet from the front of my house, the yard, to the back of my yard. Wow. Um, my house faces west. And so my front yard is sloped downward. It doesn't get a lot of sun until – doesn't start getting the sun until 10 or 11 in the morning. Anyway – Obviously, I get a lot of rain that comes down, and the soil's gotten compacted somewhat. Used to have great uh, stand of grass. It's all Bermuda, but it's gotten very thin, and I'm having a lot of weeds in there, Some a lot of clover and broadleaf weeds. weeds. Uh, question is, at this point, um, can I apply a broadleaf to go in there and kill the weeds at this time, as well as yeah. apply a pre-emergent? Yeah, At here's my concern. Time. Here's my concern. You gave me some really good descriptive information about what the growing conditions are on that lawn. And what you're fighting, the reason those weeds are like they are is because the Bermuda is not happy there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you've got too much shade. Uh, Bermuda is an absolute full sun grass, and it just does not do well with partial partial uh, sun. Uh, there are some new types of Bermuda. I don't know how much, how much uh, square footage you have. There are some new Bermudas that are more shade tolerant. Uh, but I would really encourage you to take a really hard look at how much sun you're getting, and then you may want to change out uh, to something a little more shade tolerant. And you don't want to do any pre-emergence, I mean, any post-emergence while the your grass is in transition. That's it a either great point. needs it needs to either be totally green or as green as yours gets. Or brown, but you don't want to do it when it's changing game. Which is where we're like, at right now. Which is where we're at now. So I wouldn't put. You can do a pre pre emerge, but not a post emergent. Not right now. And obviously, it turns pre emergent is going to prevent the seeds from germinating for the season that follows. Post emergent is just like a spray that's going, going to be get treating what's already there right now. So, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, long term, Mark, like you said, I mean, if. That's just going to be conducive to those broadleaf weeds, right. and eventually, you know, if he doesn't keep up with it, then kind of taking yeah. over. Yeah, the Bermuda is so amazing when it when it's in the right place and it's got the full sun. You really yeah. you can <laughs> do some some weed control, but it's yeah, so yeah. strong and so tight that it really needs it. So that, that I think that's an indicator. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tom Good and Nancy question. in Fayetteville. You'll probably be the last caller of the show, so stay tuned. More to come on Lawn and Garden. You're listening to News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
What a great song to be bobbing your head to. All three of us, I think, are doing that. Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah, that's yeah. True. Superstition. All right. Quick check of weather brought to you by Ackerman Security System today. A mix of sun and clouds, perfect for football. Uh, high in the uh, mid-80s, a low in the upper 60s tomorrow. A small percentage chance of rain, maybe a stray thunder shower. High of 82, low of 67. Ashley Frasca for the next few minutes with Mickey Gasway and Mark Banta taking your calls and questions. Nancy in Fayetteville, we've got about a minute or so. We were talking about hand-me-down plants earlier. You've got a good story. What is it? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good morning. Well, my grandmother had an asparagus fern in a huge pot that every winter you had to haul it. Somebody had to carry it upstairs to a sunny winter, a window, and every spring had to bring it back down to the front porch. That fern she had inherited from her aunt. Her mother died, my grandmother's mother died in 1905, and the old maid aunt, bless her heart, came to raise the seven children. Well, my grandmother kept that fern forever, kept it alive. When she passed away in 1979, it was divided amongst her children. And then they divided it amongst their children, of which I'm a grandchild. And I still have two of Grandma's ferns on my deck. My daughter has two of Grandma's ferns on her deck, and hopefully my grandson will follow suit. So that's a hand-me-down plant. Even though it's just a simple asparagus fern, that it's shared by so many and means so much. That's a good story. That is. And that and that they have a chance to uh, share that with the other generations. Thank you for sharing that, Nancy. That is really neat. Good, good stories about some of those plants. And also, really quickly, I wanted to pick y'all's brain. I gave a shout-out to Twitter. You could ask a question. Use the hashtag AskWalter. Lily said, My orchid seems to have put out two new plants on old bloom stems. Do I just cut these off and plant them? Real quick, what do y'all think with an orchid? Are they new? Are they actually plants on a part of the orchid? Are they kikis? Is the oh, called? I don't know. Don't, I don't know because it's a Twitter question. It's hard to tell. I don't know. I'd have to. Oh, leave them. Orchids no. are so tricky. Yeah, they are. I would just leave it be. Oh. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I don't well, know either. Yay! I stumped y'all at the very that. end of the show. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Mark Banta, CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Please find out more at PiedmontPark.org. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Ashley. And you enjoy the, always. the farmer's market when you're headed straight out of here. Mickey Gasway, a busy day grilling in the garden. Looking forward to seeing everybody. It's going to be so much fun. She'll be at the West Cobb Pike Nursery Store. Go grab a hot dog, say hello, grab a Coke, and also bring pictures for the landscape designers and architects. I'll be back with you first thing Monday morning, triple team traffic with Atlanta's Morning News. And congratulations to all of my colleagues here on WSB, the winners of the 2008 National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Award for Major Market Station of the Year. We're so proud. Congratulations. Everyone have a great Saturday. We'll see you next time on Lawn and Garden.